1: When it comes to searching the skies and finding the next storm to chase, it's hard to find someone with more experience than Roger Hill. As co-owner and tour director of Silver Lining Tours, he and his wife Karen seek to provide not only the chasing of a lifetime, but an education about the beauty and severity of Mother Nature. In addition to chasing storms for over 30 years, Hill is an author, photographer, avid bowler, and an all-around weather geek. Roger, thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, Dr. Shepard.
1: Well, Roger's what we call a twofer. He's been on the Weather Geeks television show and now making his first appearance on the podcast. I start the podcast with this question for every guest. How'd you become a weather geek?
2: (laughs) Oh, you know, my goodness, I I was uh, I was interested in weather as a child. I grew up in the Kansas City area. And uh, uh, it just you know, just watching thunderstorms that would that would uh, you know come over northeast Kansas and northwest Missouri, and and uh, you know just uh, you know when I was oh, probably seven or eight years old, I actually entered a science contest and built a weather station and and uh, actually got first place and 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 won it. Uh, but uh, you know the the uh, Topeka, Kansas tornado, June eighth, nineteen sixty six, is actually what really really sparked my interest in uh, in severe storms. And it's just kind of been a lifelong passion ever since. what What was it about that particular
1: storm that just really did it for you?
2: Uh, well we we actually had a, a house that was hit by that by that tornado and uh, so getting that firsthand experience and just seeing the destruction and seeing some of the oddities that that had happened, Uh, you know, we went walking down the street afterwards and uh, there was a birthday cake sitting in the front yard of one of our neighbor's houses that said happy birthday Patty and the only thing wrong with this cake was it had a just a little slice of it that had been cut off by a piece of debris Mm -hmm. but yet the house right behind where the cake was sitting at was completely demolished and there's nothing left standing and uh, you know, that's just that just kind of uh, uh, made me wonder, you know, what type of a power, what type of a force can uh, just pick and choose and do do just bizarre things like that. So that's just uh, kind of really what got me going.
1: That's amazing that the power and force of something so destructive can also be so fascinating in a way as well. Roger's the co-owner and tour director of Silver Lining Tours, and he's been chasing for over 30 years. We're going to dive into, you know, his chasing, his uh, books. I'm going to pick his brain on some of the debate and discussion that's been out there about storm chasing. I've had this conversation with Roger before, so we're going to do one of the nice things about the podcast, Roger. I know you've done the television shows. We've got a lot more time, so we can really dig in. As you recall (laughs) from the TV show, it's probably only about 16, 17 minutes of actual conversation when you put all those commercials in there. So I'm really looking forward to this deep dive. So you started Silver Lining Tours, I guess, late late 1990s, around 1998. Um, first of all, why did you decide to start it? And then I'm really interested in your take on how chasing has changed from that point to today.
2: Well, I, I actually didn't start silver lining tours. Uh, my, my, uh, ex-business partner uh, and chase partner, Dr. David Gold, uh, and his friend, uh, Bill Gargan, who's a, a forecaster for the National Weather Service in Topeka. They started Silver Lining Tours back in 1998 uh, as a basically as a way to fund their their chasing uh, habits. <laughs> you know, they they were both college students. Uh, you know, going, finishing their advanced degrees, uh, and then Dr. Day went on uh, to get his PhD from uh, Texas A and M University. But but uh, they they found out after a couple of years that it was actually uh, a way to even make some money. And then uh, I was actually had just retired from the Air Force uh, back in the mid nineties, and and was working for a, a big engineering firm here when I started getting really into weather, and I. I actually, believe it or not, saw a Weather Channel TV show uh, back in the late '90s called "The Enemy Wind." Yes, and it actually featured uh, a gentleman named Marty Feely, who had the first storm chasing tour company ever uh, called Whirlwind Tours. And uh, just watching that, just uh, kind of got kind of got the old uh, the old mind uh, rolling, thinking, "My goodness, so oh, that would be so cool to be able to." run a tour operation and, uh, to make a living at it, at, at doing your passion. And I used to do a lot of video work with the weather channel, uh, back in the, in the, the decade of the nineties and the two thousands. And, and, uh, we even, uh, uh, did a, did a contract where you all hired me to, to, uh, per, to do a lot of video work. And then also, uh, my storm chasing, uh, you know, videos and so forth. And between that and the thought of developing a, a, a tour company, uh, Really made me think. Well, do I really kind of want to change my careers? Uh, I'm I'm a contracts guy by trade. I have I have an MBA, uh, not not a meteorology degree. And so, uh, you know, thinking uh, on the business side of things, you know, how can we make this work to make it a profitable business? And there were two tour operators in the country at that point, uh, back in the, the late '90s. Uh, Silverlining Tours with Dr. Dave Gold, and another tour operator uh, called uh, Cloud Nine Tours, uh, which was ran by Charles Edwards. And so I emailed both of those two, asking them, "How do you do it? You know, what what do you need to do to to uh, to develop a business like this?" And uh, I heard back from Dr. Dave, and Dave and I went back and forth so many times. And he said, why don't you come out and just join me as a tour guide this year? And that this was uh, for the year of 2000. And uh, I did and uh, chased with him for about a month throughout the whole month of May. He and I hit it off so well that uh, uh, we ended up uh, chasing together every year. I ended up working for him in Silver Lining Tours. And then uh, eventually in 2003, Uh, I developed a a set of tours that were a part of Silver Lining uh, here in Colorado uh, to make them shorter. Instead of having 10-day tours, I I decided, well, you know, maybe folks can't get off for 10 days. You know, how about doing like a six-day tour where they can fly in on a weekend, chase the whole next week, and then fly back home the weekend after that. And uh, Dave liked that idea and so we ended up being partners over it and then eventually in 2013 uh, uh dave actually lives in the houston area and he and his lovely wife and and kids uh actually reside in uh, spring texas uh, but uh, dave decided that it was time to pay attention to to more to his family and with his daughters uh you know getting into school and so forth and so he decided to take a, a regular a regular job as an energy trading forecaster and then uh, sold silver lining tours to uh, my wife, Karen, and I. Ah, uh-huh. so the there, there, there's
1: the Roger Hill connection that's transaction,
2: how, yeah. That's how we got to we it.
1: I thought you actually started <laughs> it from the start. But that was a really interesting story. I really appreciate that context for how, oh, sure. how it how it was started. And I also appreciate that you uh, gave some of your background ground as well. Now, from the late 90s to 2022, things have changed. And you know, I talked with Tim Marshall, another veteran chaser, on an episode because I know that there were some tragedies in recent years, and particularly the last year. And in both cases, there were chasers, but they didn't die necessarily because of a tornado. Uh, There were other hazards involved. But I'm, I'm I want to get your thoughts, and I want some candid thoughts here, Roger, on how you think things have changed. Has it gotten more dangerous, or people taking more risk? Is chaser convergent with all the people out there? Problem. Uh, what's your lay of the land in
2: terms of how how things have evolved? Oh my goodness! From back in the '80s and '90s, when I when I first started chasing, you could go out on a on a supercell, and you may be the only person there. Uh, you know, this, that, those were some some really awesome times. You could just go out and sit and enjoy the countryside and the and then the storm and and just watch it. And then you know there may be, you know maybe Dr. Howie Bluestein was doing a project and he would come in, or Dr. Chuck Doswell was out there, or or somebody like you know like Dave Walt or Tim Marshall or you know so, you know some of, some of those guys. You may run into one of those guys once in a while. Uh, but you know, ever since the movie Twister came out, it, that really sparked kind of a new age of, of storm chasing, and it really brought storm chasing to the foreground. And then the uh, Discovery Channel series, uh, I think it was called Storm Chasers, that uh, featured uh, uh, the late Tim Samaras and, and uh, 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 Reed Timmer, and you know, and some of those guys that that ended up spawning a whole new uh, a group of, of storm chasers. And then you know. It has gotten a lot more, a lot more risky uh, than, it, than it was in, in years past because there's just a lot more people out there. And you know some folks, you know there's there's a few video brokers out there that like to uh, you know try to get try to get your business to uh, you know to try to sell videos through through them for various news outlets or, or TV programs and things like that so, uh, of severe storms and so yeah, do you think and,
1: that ups the risk the, the, particularly for some that maybe don't have the experience that someone like you has that just
2: the lure of the dollar. The lure of the dollar. Yeah, uh, I, I can't tell you how many people have contacted me over the years saying, "Hey, how do you make a living being a storm chaser? You know, I'm I'm get I'm out of high school now, and I and I really don't want to go to college right now, but I want to be a storm chaser. How do you do it? How do you make a living?" And my first comment to them is, "Go to college, get your degree. You're not going to make a living as a storm chaser. Uh, it, it's a, there's a very limited market, and there's just not that much money to be made unless you can." You know, be you know fortunate like like we were, you know, with with the tour business and being able to grow that into into what it is today. Uh, but if you're just out there trying to trying to make a buck off of videos and things like that, yeah, you know, you, know you, you may make enough to uh, to cover your expenses and maybe you know stick a dollar or two in your pocket. But if you're, if you're looking to pay all your bills and 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 survive, it's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, you know, so yeah. uh, so a lot of chasers push the envelope to try to get up really really close to a to a big tornado or into a hailstorm so you get that really really dramatic footage and you know and, and try to sell it and uh uh you know there's there's inherent risks you know involved in, in uh, you know trying to push the envelope uh you you may have heard what happened to us a few years a few years ago we were chasing we were on tour chasing a storm in eastern kansas and it was a big high precipitation supercell uh uh, actually a gentleman named john davies who's a research meteorologist wrote a a really good paper over the incident that happened with us but we were looking down the notch of an hp supercell near lawrence kansas and uh, watching the nice mesocyclone off to our west northwest passing off to our north and i am like let's just blast south get back to a main highway that takes us east so we can get back in front of the storm and at that point, there had been no reports of any tornadoes or anything like that and lo and behold, buried about two to three miles back in the wet RFD there was a separate uh, there had been rear rear flank downdraft for those that are listening yeah. <laughs> rear flank downdraft the big wet portion of the storm that uh, you know can wrap around a meso and cause that mesocyclone to start spinning more and eventually drop a tornado but but uh, there had there had been another circulation back in, in this area that was completely obscured in rain that nobody knew was even there, uh, and we got hit. We got hit by an EF two tornado and actually rolled over a couple of our vans, rolled my van in the, in a ditch and knocked my head through the side window and cut up the side of my head, and knocked me wow. up. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, there was there anybody who was with me. You know, on on that particular adventure uh, had. You know, that suffered any kind of an injury they were mostly minor, thank goodness and everybody's recovered uh, but, but uh, the, and the interesting thing was it took the National Weather Service three days before they even figured out that there was had been a tornado there because uh, the, this little circulation ended up merging with the with the main mesocyclone that dropped a mile wide F4 tornado on the south side of Lawrence and went all the way in the north side of Kansas City. And everybody was paying attention to that and hadn't even realized there'd been another little circulation there. But, you know, so it, it can happen to anybody. Uh, you know, I, I can attest to it. I, I hold the Guinness Book of World Records for seeing the most tornadoes of anybody ever. And uh, it, it, I've seen so many of them that, uh, that this is one instance that I had never seen happen before. And, right. and uh, when when John Davies wrote the paper, he's like, This has never been documented. Nothing like this has ever been documented before. And he basically took the example from the Heston, Kansas tornado, the big F5 tornado back from uh, in March of 1990, and uh, uh, kind of showed how there were two circulations with that one, but the, but the, the smaller circulation was visible, where this one was just completely Choked in rain, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, just to make a long story short, it can happen to anybody, and we're car- we're careful chasers. I've been doing this for you know since 1985, and I've witnessed a thousand tornadoes, and and it, anything can happen. You have to respect nature if you want to take if you want to take chances. Uh, you know you, you you put your your yourself in in uh, put, you know potential grave danger. You know, what what that basically did with us is it made us so. When you have a high precipitation storm that is really wet and you can't see real clear, it made us now so we stay back. We, we stay back a few miles, give that storm all the respect it deserves, and, uh, you know, it just, you know, play it safe. And safety, safety is the utmost importance.
0: As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued
2: And we
1: are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard, and I'm speaking with the legendary Roger Hill. Uh, As you heard, Roger actually is in the Guinness Book of World Records for witnessing the most tornadoes. Um, I think it's over a thousand that you said, which is amazing. Uh, I imagine the one that you just described before the break was one that's memorable. But are there any other that sort of rank on your sort of scale of most memorable for any particular reason? Oh, my
2: goodness. Uh, well, there's been so many tornadoes over the years. You know, some of the big violent tornadoes are always, you know, quite memorable. Uh, we were. I'm looking the- at the two beh- the picture behind you right there with that double wedge tornado. <laughs> that, what's the
1: story on that? You can't see it on the podcast, but I can see Roger. It looks like he's in his office and he has this amazing photograph of what looks to me like two sort of wedge
2: tornadoes like right next to each other. That that was uh, twin EF four tornadoes that hit the town of Pilger, Nebraska, back on uh, June sixteenth, uh, two thousand fourteen. And uh, that particular day, we witnessed four uh, large, violent EF four tornadoes. And these these two unfortunately hit the hit the poor little town and just really devastated it. It was uh, I know the Weather Channel did a did a great program on on on, uh, on the Pilger tornadoes that day, but uh, yeah, that was a that was definitely a memorable, memorable tornado, uh, a memorable event. Uh, you know, we've had days where we've seen, you know, many tornadoes on the same day. Uh, it, uh, 2010, on June uh, 16th of, or, uh, yeah, June 16th of 2010, uh, we had a, a tornadic supercell uh, in central South Dakota that was uh, anchored on a warm front and dropped 22 tornadoes over four hours and wow. maybe maybe moved 10 miles. And, you know, we had one point in time where we had a uh, a big cone-shaped tornado off to our north. We had a multi-vortex tornado off to our west. And you know, we had a, a kind of a slender elephant-trunk-shaped tornado off to our south. And they're all rotating around the mesocyclone. And, you know, you're sitting right in the middle of everything, just watching it off. But but you're safe, you know, based, you know, based on, on what the position of all the tornadoes were. And then the next day in Minnesota, June 17th, uh, 2010, uh, we we witnessed 18 tornadoes, uh, culminating with a 1.6 mile wide uh, EF4 tornado under the town of Keister, Minnesota, which is uh, south of the Twin Cities ways. But uh, uh, you know you get events like that that are that are are quite memorable that you you never forget. When you see 40 tornadoes in two days. That's that's always memorable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, I, you, again, you're with Silver Lining Tours, and you 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 do this with your wife. A mm-hmm. couple of questions. One, I'm I'm married. What's it like working with your wife in such a, oh. uh, an interesting environment? Because, you know, marriage is wonderful and beautiful and I love it, but it can certainly be stressful. And then throwing you in the middle of a torn <laughs> environment. So what's it like working with your wife, first of all, and then I'll ask my next question.
2: You know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, a little story with my wife and I, uh, she was my high school sweetheart. And after high school, I went into the military, uh, I uh, spent 20 years in the Air Force and uh, my wife took off on the back of a Harley Davidson, uh, you know, to to head out to Wyoming. And she ended up living uh, in, in the oil fields, uh, you know, working out, out in that area. And then uh, uh, so uh, she went her way. I went, I, went, I went my way. And then 28 years later, through classmates dot com, I was actually on online looking for an old high school buddy of mine, saw her name and uh, uh, email where, and I said, oh my goodness, do you remember me? And uh, she said she was sitting in her office at uh, at Dartmouth, Dartmouth-Hitchcock University uh, and uh, about spit out her coffee, was laughing. And, how can I forget you? And, <laughs> and all those kind of stuff. When I was in high school, and, uh, my hair was as long as Peter Frampton's was, you know, really all the way down to my to my chest and I played in a, in a, in a band and all that kind of stuff. But, so Peter yeah.
1: Frampton, for you youngsters, I know there's some much younger than Roger and I listen to. <laughs> (laughs) a legendary rock uh, rock uh, star i think he had the song baby show me the way is that a peter frampton song that's that's one of his big songs i'm a big music fan so (laughs) for those of you of a certain age google peter frampton he's actually quite a quite an awesome uh, musician but continue on this is fascinating (laughs) i'm loving this aspect of the story
2: (laughs) but you know one thing led to another and with a lot of communication back and forth we ended up uh, getting married about a year later and uh she she was in vermont and i lived in colorado and then she ended up uh moving out to colorado uh with her son and uh uh and she she's a she's a horse girl she she is really big into equine and uh, but she also you know growing up in eastern kansas with me uh you know was used to storms and they fascinated her and such and so believe it or not she adopted my hobby and i adopted her hobby with horses so i go and i support her at horse shows and and i love the i tell her i'm her biggest fan when, when she's out there in the arena showing her horse and then uh, she got into storm chasing and her first chase with me uh was june 23rd uh june 24th 2003 manchester south dakota and on that particular day, uh, we witnessed 16 tornadoes, including the Manchester EF4 or F4 tornado that uh, the late Tim Samaras actually set his pod in front of and, and measured the a uh, world record uh, pressure drop. Uh, and so it was kind of funny after that day, a couple of tour guests were like, you know, you're never, you know, you're never going to see anything greater than that. You might as well retire. And she's like, are you kidding? Now I'm hooked. You know? so, <laughs> so we ended up developing uh, uh, more tours uh, as, as a result of her, she and I getting married. She's the, she's She is actually a, an outstanding photographer. And uh, so we have a whole set of uh, photography related tours uh, uh, on Silver Lining tours, and she leads all the photography related tours. Uh, So I I lead all the hardcore storm chasing tours and so forth, and then she leads the photography tours. And and so it, it makes a makes a makes a great marriage
1: in, in more ways than one. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's absolute. that's, a, that's probably the first love story ever in Weather Geeks history. I love it. So, <laughs> so uh, definitely going to uh, be hard to top that. But you mentioned Silver Lining tours. There are a lot of tours out there. And you mentioned my colleagues like Chuck Doswell, who I know at one point had a tour. I don't know if he still does it, but. I mean, for those listening, you know, who may decide this is something they want to do, and I I would caution that make sure you exercise caution, understand the risk involved. But what what sets apart various chasing companies? I mean, you mentioned, for example,
2: photography tours. Uh, are, Are there different types of tours? Yes and no. I I mean, the the end result, of course, is to get somebody in front of a really photogenic supercell or up, up, uh, you know, fairly close to a tornado, or you know, maybe someplace where there's a really good electrical storm, where somebody is in the photography they can they can shoot a lot of lightning and such. But yeah, there's a lot of different tour operators out there, and there's some just like in every business, there's some good ones and there's not some there's some not so good ones, and I just always tell everybody. due diligence, please, you know, do your research, uh, you know, and, 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 see what's right for you. You know, somebody may not click with what I do and somebody may click with what one of our competitors does. And that's fine. That's, you know, there's, there's a, there's, there's a lot of good people out there that are running tours now, nowadays. And, and, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of competition now, a lot more than there used to be. Uh, you know, so uh, some offer photo tours, some offer really small personal tours. Uh, you know, and, and we we offer tours that are that are uh, you know in the height of tornado season that are a little larger, uh, because you know hey you know think about it there's only a certain amount of time that you can uh, actually run tours to try to make an income to try to make a living off of it so. You know, a couple of our tours are are larger, but they're still personal. Uh, and then we also offer tours that are very tiny. You know, like like for instance, uh, the photography tours that, that Karen runs are all one vehicle. So everybody in there, uh, you know, these are all customized vehicles, and even uh, her her uh, photography tour vehicle. Has a platform in the back with cubbies to put tripods and all your camera gear and things like that. So it just, it just makes it a lot, lot, you know, better organized. And then between her instruction and the, and the interaction with the uh, with all the other uh, with all the other photographers that are on our tours, uh, you know, there's there's a lot a lot, that, a lot that, that's learned on that. You know, for instance, my first tour that I run in in the year is called the Close Encounters tour, and uh, just as the name implies, you know, we try to push the envelope and get up really close but take safety as, you know, with, uh, with the utmost uh, priority. Uh, but we try to get folks into the RFD, the rear flank downdraft of a storm. Hey, we buy these vans to destroy, basically, and, and we beat them up with hail. And, and so, you know, did this particular tour, we will get people in hail storms So you can see what baseball size hail looks like pounding off the ground and uh, the racket that it makes when it hits the top of your van you know or or you get up close to a tornado close enough where you can you know see debris flying and feel the rumble in your chest and uh, you know hear the waterfall sound no it doesn't sound like a freight train it sounds like a waterfall sounds like niagara falls going off when you get some big big tornado and they smell they smell bad it's stirring up the ground you know it has may have never been stirred up for 100 150 years or destroying structures that's you know that that uh, have been there for a long long time And it's just a it's a stinky smell you know, you know. So, so there's a lot of different aspects. I, I do a, a lecture tour. I actually have a, a workbook that I that I wrote and copyrighted. That's about 100 pages long, and we go over everything from, you know, what makes a storm tick and what makes it form to looking at a, at a surface observation and satellite and radar and then forecasting models. And uh, some listeners may or may not understand what these are, but skew-t diagrams and hodographs, and you know, we we get into a lot of things on. And uh, you know, folks come on the lecture tour basically to learn about weather and to learn how to chase on their own. Uh, you know, we, we've had many people that have, uh, I'm, I'm real proud to say, have gone on and become outstanding chasers that started chasing with us and came through, through our lecture tour. Uh, you know, just, so there's, there's a lot of different things, that, that uh, a lot of different types of tours that, that folks can do.
1: and we are back on the weather geeks podcast i'm dr marshall shepard and i'm speaking with roger hill and i bet you didn't know that tornadoes smelled before you listened to this podcast but now you do and that's something that i just learned uh, and I, and, I, and it's also interesting that you b- debunked this sort of notion out there uh, about sound i mean uh, this interesting waterfall feature. And I've been to Niagara Falls and I've been right up under it on the boat and I've been right next to it. So I know how that sounds. So that was a really powerful sort of, I guess, audio visual that you gave. And you did mention a book. Is that the book that you mentioned the hunting nature's fury?
2: Oh, Oh, that's yeah. That's a, that's a book that we published about 10 years ago. And it's kind of, Kind of uh, a little bit of the history on on uh, myself and growing up, and and, and we get, even get into uh, you know a lot of different storms that we've you know seen over the years and 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 so forth. Uh, yeah, it was written uh, by a gentleman uh, named Peter Bronsky uh, and myself, and, it, and uh, it's it, it's a it's, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of, a lot of fun putting it together. And then last year, actually, my wife and I. Uh, Published a, uh, a coffee table uh, photo book. Uh, What's called- that called? Yes, get me here. I'm just, grab it here. Yeah, he's
1: he's taking it, grabbing it <laughs> off the shelf. So while he grabs it there, there we go. So <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm looking at his Chasing, Holman, storms, chasing storms, chasing storms, storms.
2: photographic journey with Karen and Roger Hill. It's a it's about a hundred page hardback book as uh, yes, you can find anywhere or even from our website. Uh, uh, but, Roger, uh, what,
1: is, what is your work? Because the, so I want to make sure that we have this clear in case people are interested in your book. So there's Hunting Nature's Fury that you wrote with Peter Bronsky. You also have the Chasing Storms uh, coffee table book that you just mentioned. And then you mentioned the workbook as well. Is that available or is that something you just get
2: when you go on the tour? Yeah, the workbook is just available for those who come to the lecture tour. Uh, I we have a actually a smaller booklet that we hand out to every guest that comes on tour. That's about uh, oh probably forty or fifty pages long. Uh, when they come on tour, the first thing that we do is do an orientation to give them a little bit better idea of uh, what to expect on tour, and then I hand them out this booklet. And it also contains a little uh, weather one o one class that i that every person on tour that comes out uh gets to gets to uh, to sit through and uh and learn a little bit about about storms but uh, yeah the, the workbook and the booklet are 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 uh, only for tour guests
1: i see so you know you've you clearly photography is a big part of your 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 interest and your business and your wife's as well. But I'm curious. What else do you like to photog- uh, photograph beyond storms?
2: <laughs> ah, hey, well, that's a good question. Well, after our Silver Landing tours, uh, tours are over. Believe it or not, we go down to Arizona, and we run uh, monsoon lightning photography workshops. Uh, and uh, there's, it's just spectacular. If you've never witnessed the monsoon storms in Arizona, they can, they produce some of the best lightning. In the world, it's they're just incredible, and then uh, you know to to have that over a really pretty red rock canyon, or or with a with a field of saguaro cactus or ocotillo in the foreground, uh, and you get the, you know real pretty rainbows and such. Uh, you know it, that's probably our our second favorite thing is is landscapes with storms. <laughs> you know, and then believe it or not, I actually run slot canyon hiking photography tours. Uh, out of out of Utah and northern Arizona, and then uh, I'm actually here in about three weeks, uh, getting ready to head out to Grand Junction, Colorado, to do a tour called the Magical Lands Tour. Then we we uh, actually go out to uh, the San Juan Mountains and uh, the central mountains of Colorado around Aspen and do fall colors. Mm-hmm. Then we go down to uh, Shiprock, New Mexico, and do some some photography at sunrise. And then we go over to a place near Page, Arizona, called White Pocket in the Vermilion Cliffs uh uh really really beautiful area and then we go back up toward the cedar mesa area in in Utah and and uh and do more photography up in the, up in that area but uh yeah a lot of times uh Karen and I'll just take off on our own uh just you know take off for a few days and just find some place to go to go photograph you know it's amazing
1: now you 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 seem very fulfilled and I think that you know people um in this field respect you know that you have experience but i i think your cautionary tale earlier about even your own incident even as experienced as you are is something that people need to consider and and this it's still dangerous when you go out there even no matter how experienced you are and i really appreciated you sharing that story roger where can people find out more about you or silver lining tours on either the internet or social media sure
2: uh on the internet our our Tour website address is uh, www.SilverLiningTours.com, or uh, if they want to look at my photography website, they can go to Roger Hill Photography, R-O-G-E-R, H-I-L-L, photography.com. Uh, and then on social media, you can look us up that way as well with, with Silverlining Tours or Roger Hill. Or you can, they can also, if they want to see my wife's photography and what she does, uh, Karen Hill photography, and that's C A R Y N H uh, I L L, uh, kind of a unique way of spelling Karen. Uh, and then and then uh, she's also an equine photographer. So if folks are interested in horse photography, they, she has a, some, just some amazing uh, you know horse pictures. And, we're actually heading up to Rapid City, South Dakota next week. She's a photographer at a, at a big horse show up there. And so we're going to be spending all week up there at, at the horse show with her, with her photography. Yeah. I think
1: she really, I I don't, is she, ha- does she nearby? I'd love to say, oh, she sounds really fascinating in herself. I, we got to get her on, on the weather geeks podcast. One of these days. Oh, that would, like, yeah, that would
2: be great. Yeah. That would
1: be I think great. that uh, next time we have you on, maybe we'll do a tag team because I want to hear some stories together because that was fascinating how you met. I suspect There's some other interesting stories that I can extract out of Karen that our listeners would be quite interested in on the two of you, but perhaps another time. Roger, thank you so much for joining us on
2: the Weather Geeks podcast. It's been my pleasure, Dr. Shepard. Thanks for having me. And this is Dr. Marshall
1: Shepard from the University of Georgia. And thank you all for continuingly listening to the Weather Geeks podcast. We can't do this without you, so thank you. Uh, We'll see you next time on Weather Geeks.